an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and we've got Kevin Wilson here with us. Howdy. Hey, there you are, Kevin. Awesome. Just so you guys know, we're having a little bit of video trouble, so we, we lost Kevin's video feed, but we'll, we'll get that figured out maybe later during the show. Um, today is Tuesday, and for Tuesday, we do our Talk of the Town, and I can't help but notice that probably everybody's town is talking about, oh, protests, riots, police police policy, police brutality, you know, all of this stuff. And we're starting to see some very interesting, I don't know if it would be appropriate to call it a shift or not, but maybe a movement. A movement is yeah. happening um, where people are starting to push to defund the police. And or, this or some is... Some people um, are using the A word, too. They're, oh, they're say it again. Oh, abolish. They're, yeah. They're using abolish yeah. the police. So yep, yep. we, we got to talk about what the heck that means and why are these uh, crazy progressives trying to abolish the police? And is it a good thing? I mean, anytime I hear like abolish something as a libertarian, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when people talk about, you know, reducing government, like libertarians ears certainly perk up. And I I think conservatives ears do as well. But when it comes to the police, maybe not so much. Yeah. So I, I think this is definitely an interesting topic. I, I have a pitch, uh, picture here that Kevin sent me that says the people's demands, and it has a list of things, and we're going to kind of talk about that. Um, but, Kevin, what, what's your initial gut thought and feeling on this this abolish the police movement? Uh, so, you know, when whether people are using abolish the police or defund the police, uh, you know, usually they don't quite mean that literally. Uh, sometimes they do. But, but most of the time, they really mean reform the police and shift resources somewhere else. They don't mean we are going to stop sending as much money to police departments and lower your taxes. They mean we are going to stop spending so much money on police resources and spend it instead on mental health resources or other community safety initiatives instead. So Yeah, um, and I, I think that that's what we're seeing uh, being discussed in... New York City and other cities across the country, um, you're absolutely right. They're not talking about taking the step of reducing government or making government spending less. Instead, they're talking about shifting that money from one place to another. Yeah. And uh, I, I love uh, what there's this Twitter account I love following called Popat, and it said, uh, I'm not agitated or pleased by defund police because I've been around long enough to, know, to read defund as former committee regarding huh say 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 that one more time kevin 
It says, I'm not agitated or pleased by defund police because I've been around long enough to read defund as former committee regarding. Yes, yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> and that's, oh, jeez. If, <laughs> yeah, that's and everybody's guilty of, of that one. We're, we're going to form a committee. It's somehow going to cost half a million dollars. And then, like, we will have spent three times as much on everything by the time it's all over. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And and this is kind of interesting because there have been in the past um, places, I believe in Texas, I can't remember, I think this was like eight years ago, um, a town or a county that actually did eliminate their police force. And instead, the community hired like a private security firm to, to mm -hmm. do their policing. Um, it, I remember all the details. This was like a really long time ago. And leftists and progressives, like, their their heads exploded about this. They're like, oh, no, you can't do that, blah, 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 all these things. And what I recall reading was it was actually pretty successful. They reduced costs and had less crime. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see, fast-forwarding now, that they're, they're talking about, you know, quote-unquote abolishing the police, even though that's maybe not really what they mean. But yeah. I think it's important to say that words do have meaning, and we shouldn't just be throwing around phrases um, and words when we mean something entirely different. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just bad messaging in a lot of cases, too. Like, if you, if you mean abolish the police, then, okay, I mean, don't tempt me with a good time. But, like, they, they don't actually mean that. Um, and, and even with defund the police and all that stuff, like, it, it doesn't quite mean what it seems to mean on the nose. And, you know, I, and I don't say that to either relieve your fear or, like, exacerbate it. That's just an observation about, like, what they say they're, they're really meaning um, when they say defund the police. They, they mean reform the police and shift police resources to people without guns, which, you know, I, I, I'm open to talking about that type of stuff. But, like, if, you, if that's what you mean, then say it. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a big messaging issue here. I kind of wonder if it's meant to give like shock value, you yeah. know, to get people scared, get people nervous. Um, you know, they're trying to rattle the system right now, and, and it's so like certainly more punchy than you know, like we should shift police resources to mental health services and other community investments. I mean, uh... yeah, yeah, that that doesn't really catch the news headlines very well. Yeah. I don't think. So. I mean, hey, we're, we're talking about it. Uh, so, I guess that's <laughs> well, is, exactly. Right? That, that's the point. So, so I think what we're going to do, we're going to spend at least a good portion of the show looking at some of these "quote unquote" um, the people's demands. Kevin, do you know where this came from? By the way, I, oh, I so that that picture. was yeah, that was from the rally in Rochester. So, Will Cleveland from the Democrat Chronicle took that photo. Uh, so, I, I stole it from his Twitter. Um, and you know, I don't know if you can share this on the video feed for everyone, but, uh, if not, then we'll just read them off. So I was at the rally Saturday, they were handing out some of these flyers that said the people's demand. So let's just read them off real quick. Um, demand one freedom all. They want everyone who was arrested at the prior, prior weekend's protest to be released, defund the police. And then they have three bullet points explain that remove police from the city school district. Uh, serve the people, which they by that they mean uh, they don't want politicians to take money from police unions. 
uh, like the Locust Club locally. Uh, Demilitarize the police. We should talk about that too later because I've actually spoken to a couple of the officials that got the endorsements, and they their side is interesting. Oh yeah, no, I'd love to hear about that. So demilitarize the police. So uh, like uh, Rochester police has like an MRAP, and we've talked about that on the show before. It's basically a big mine resistant vehicle. Uh, doesn't quite look like a for tank, all the but mines in Rochester and the yeah. IEDs on the roads. Yeah, just in case. Yep. You know, better to have it, and not need it, right? <laughs> um, uh, repeal 50A, which looks like that is actually happening. That's something coming through the state legislature, and then. This one, it's going to seem a little bit off topic, but um, it is what it is. Cancel the rent. They want to cancel yeah. rent and prohibit I, evictions in Rochester. Okay. You so know, I saw that. Um, and I, I did kind of wonder how that ties in uh, to this to this whole thing. And and I certainly have some opinions about, about that uh, because I'm, I'm going through some, some struggles as well that have to do with rent. And uh, <laughs> so I, I found that, like, pretty – pretty interesting like yeah police reform and cancel the rent like what yeah. that, that doesn't seem to go together so maybe there's a connection maybe there's not but it doesn't seem like there is a connection right now to me yeah i mean basically they say like well if we save all this money from defunding the police we should just be able to pay everyone's rent right so that's Oh, is that so? It's, it's almost so like they're, they're like a, a secret, hidden 4D chest UBI thing or something. Yeah, it's like all right, we're taking this away. Like everyone, housing is a human right type of thing, and um, which is what they say on there. And we'll cancel rent, cancel evictions, and then subsidize the landlords. And it's going to be awesome because we love landlords, right? That's oh, that's how I, it works, huh? Wow, I haven't that seen that one. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's their messaging. Yeah, I, I don't but, think so either. Yeah, effectively. Not at all. That's kind of how it would probably end up working if somehow this became a reality. I, I don't think that one's quite going to happen, although it did happen in Ithaca, New York. They they canceled the rent, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what they mean by that because you don't really cancel rent. You just shift who pays for it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, and you know what's going to happen is everybody's just going to raise the rent because they know government's paying for it. Actually, I think we did right. a show about this. Yeah, like, I, I feel familiar. like we talked about this before. Probably. I, like, yeah. I'm sure we did. I feel like we've talked about like rent stuff at some point in the past because like, people were talking about it as soon as the coronavirus stuff hit, too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a possibility. I, I, and I think we had somebody on the show, maybe, that even talked about some of the subsidies or something. But that, that's going a, a little ways back. Um, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a break here. You're listening to Radio Free New York. Uh, we're we're going to talk about these the, the demands of the people. Um, and then later in the show, we're going to talk about the media trying to exclude people from congressional debates. So we'll talk about that and more when we come back on Radio Free New York. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. Kevin Wilson's here with us as well. Can't see Hello. him. You know, we've, no. uh, we've got a little bit of video problems, but he is here. You know, um, I, I, I just finally got my hair cut yesterday, too. I'm, I'm rocking a fresh new cut, and I can't show it off. Uh, Terrible. See, you know, what luck. I'll, get a, I'll get my official haircut tomorrow. That'll, oh. that'll be it. So get nice, nice and fresh and clean. Although, apparently, they can't do... Um, 
they, they can't do like beard trims or straight razor shaves or, or any of that stuff. They can only do haircuts because I guess the other stuff's not to like phase four or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't get a beard trim anyway. I just got nice, simple cut. So, yeah. So. Yep. Cool. So we're we're talking here about this whole thought of abolish the police and you know i think kevin before we move on to um this flyer of the people's demands we should talk about what what if if america actually moved forward town by town city by city county by county state by state and truly began to abolish police forces um what would that look like what, what would it look like? Would it, would it go well? Would it go bad? Um, what is the like ideal scenario if there is one versus what government would actually do? Uh, right, so so we're, we're talking about like actual elimination of police. Like we just said, yeah, let's, All let's right, take the words done. for what Get they out. actually are. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about like legit actually abolishing the police. All right, radical anarchist Andrew talking about abolishing police. You heard <laughs> no, it here, no, folks. I mean these are the words they're using, right? Yeah, Even yeah. if they mean something different, like, I think it's worth discussing. Yeah, no, no, I think that's fair. Like, all right, let's let, let's take the idea seriously, right? Like, what does it look like? You know, so because I I don't know, you know. Again, I I I look at that situation. I think okay, like on the one hand, some of the the laws that we don't like, the abuses that we don't like, the the violence that coming from police that we don't like, that's going to go away. But I think there's a legitimate fear among a lot of people is is what fills in the vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. And you you yep. you hear a lot of people say, oh, well, what if what if gangs starts running things, right? Is there a community patrol that fills its place? Is there a private police force that fills its place? You know, um, it, which which can take a, a couple different forms, right? Like it could be like a disorganized militia type situation where where volunteers show up and start uh, protecting the town or not. Or you have a situation where a city council says, all right, we're going to abolish the police, but we're going to give a contract to uh, security forces who don't have the same level of, um, you know, qualified immunity and whatnot that normal police departments have, but they can show up and uh, can be contracted to, say, catch, uh, you know, criminals in this cases. Or what's actually likely to happen, which is what happened in Camden, New Jersey, is they eliminate the police for the city, and then they say, okay, County Sheriff's Department, you're going to take care of all the uh, the police stuff now, which is most likely if there is ever actually a movement to eliminate police in most places, that's what's going to end up happening, which, you know, maybe better in some situations, but... But do you think you know, then the Sheriff's Departments are just going to rehire on those city police anyways? Probably a good chance of that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I like it's it part of it to me in some of these situations end up feeling performative. Like, all right, so they abolish the police, they shift all their resources over to, you know, quote unquote, reinvesting in the community, right? Uh, which means hiring different city employees to do di different types of jobs. You know, in these situations, when you call 911, does it redirect to actually have those new city services address the issues, or does it end up just? shifting the burden to a sheriff's department it just shifts it up to the county level instead of the city level and at that point have you really accomplished anything meaningful and, and i will say this and i think andrew you and i talked about this with with uh a candidate before like the town of pittsford doesn't have police we actually we, we had a discussion with uh 
you know, people from Pittsburgh and like, you know, well, well why not? Like just, just asking an open-ended discussion. And, and they basically said like, look, it's expensive. It's unnecessary. Ends up kind of creating different sets of issues. We just let the County Sheriff's Department handle it. Monroe County yeah. Sheriff's I Office. I think Henrietta uh, doesn't have Pittsburgh. a police force as Same well, with Henrietta. I recall. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are towns in Monroe County who don't have police forces because it's not necessary. And so what that ends up looking like in practice, again, is, okay, your municipality doesn't have police um, for any number of reasons, but you just have whatever response the county sheriff's office is able to handle. So, so the way, the way that, that we're talking about this right now is the same way that politicians get away with saying they're cutting taxes, right? They say, oh, yeah, you know what? We're going to reduce your property tax by, you know, five cents per thousand or, or whatever their goofy things are. And then they bump up, say, the gas tax or a corporate tax or some little fee when you pay your taxes or something like that. So they, they just shift it around because they end up spending way more year by year. But they told you they cut taxes. The The police department thing sounds like at least the way we're talking about now would be the same thing. Like, yeah, you know what? We'll shut down the city police department, but chances are the sheriff's department is just going to rehire all those people on anyways. So, Kevin, what happens if uh, if they say no, no police? You know, say this takes off nationally. This thing goes crazy, and they get what they're asking for, not necessarily what they want, which is they asked yeah. to abolish the police, and they actually get it instead of getting you know shifted funds and some state somewhere in the union decides you know what yeah no sheriff no state police no county police no town no city police just no police then what yeah well i i suppose uh, people are going to get suddenly much more interested in gun ownership um mm. and and hopefully they're in a state where that's uh, <laughs> easy to facilitate it's gonna be yeah, a, a lot poor of people... experience in new york yeah, right. Uh, already is. <laughs> As, uh, yeah, but, but anyhow, uh, the yeah, so the, the people of this state are probably going to start to look out and protect themselves, which again could be good, a good thing, could be a bad thing, you know. And the important thing to keep in mind is a lot of people are going to learn really fast what like the legal liability is for, um, you know, brandishing a weapon and things like that when they're worried about a, a situation. Uh, a lot of people are going to go out and try to solve stuff on their own. You know, I'm, I'm probably more of a moderate libertarian where I'm like, this is probably a bad idea that there are a handful of things that we should probably have police officers for. Like, you know, sometimes we want police to stop and catch murderers, and I would prefer that they are just better at that and they focus on that stuff rather than, like, a lot of petty crimes that people get upset with and then eventually boils over. So do you think... And this is, once again, this is all hypothetical. This isn't actually happening. But it's a discussion. So yeah. we're having it. Why not? So say, say state abolishes their police, like totally for real abolishes the police. Then they start realizing that they have issues because gun ownership isn't that easy. The criminals aren't following the laws. Well, um, actually, you know, I'll, I'll maybe... add an asterisk to that. Who's going to enforce ahead. the gun laws? No, I know. I, I was actually thinking about that. I was like, if New York State abolished the police, who's enforcing the SAFE Act now? Who, who's enforcing, like, you know, magazine bans? Who's enforcing, yeah, right. like, some of this other stuff? Yeah. Um, oh, you want to stop me from getting a 30-round magazine? Well, who's going to stop me? 
Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, so maybe gun ownership becomes significantly easier. Maybe violent crime goes up. Maybe it goes down. My worry would be that people would then choose later to bring back police forces and it would come back even heavier, even stronger, even more funded than before because maybe they they went too far and now they're, they're overcompensating. Yeah. No, that's what I'd worry about too. So I, I don't think it's a, it's actually happening in any real real sense of the word. Uh, you know, and I'm sure like the people who are really hardcore listening to a show, I'm like, yeah, let's eliminate all government. Like you're going to be disappointed in this. But again, I, I mostly like police should probably be around, and I think that there would be a lot of really bad consequences if they weren't. Uh, if you really want to dive deep into that um, <laughs> rabbit hole, read the book Anarchy, State, and Utopia by uh, Robert Nozick, and he talks about like what, what actually happens when you don't have a police force and what type of weird things might kind of come together and end up kind of forming almost a state anyway. So if you want to go down that rabbit hole, people have talked about it. Like, is is well-tread ground. Uh, Anarchy State and Uto Utopia by Robert Nozick. He talks about what, what happens if you have no police. There you go. Awesome. Very cool. So, so I know we spent, man, a, a whole segment just about talking about that. But I think it's important because people are probably pretty nervous about that. If they're hearing it, they're seeing what's going on in Minnesota, they're they're seeing these flyers being passed around and people are hearing abolish the police. I'm I'm seeing posts about it all over social media um, for it, against it. People calling each other all sorts of names because of it, uh, you know, so it certainly is uh, stirring up attention. And um, but I think I think it is like pretty misleading based on the language they're using. Yeah. No, they don't. They they don't mean it. They they mean either shift resources to the county level, uh, so you know your taxes are going to go up that way uh, while they spend that police money on something else, or they mean just reform police practices, which is you know again a, a fair enough discussion to have. But if that's what you mean, we should probably be having that discussion on that level. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. I've got Kevin Wilson here with me. Nope. And uh, we've spent the first half of the show talking about this idea of abolishing the police, something that protesters are using as a term to press for police reform we've talked about what it would maybe look like if we were truly going to abolish the police uh, but we've also established that's not really what they're asking for they're using that term to be um inflammatory and to get people to talk about the topic which is working because we're talking about here on radio free new york uh, Kevin, what what do they actually mean? What what is their end yeah. goal and their intent with abolish the police? 
Yeah, like I said, it's not abolishing it in any real sense. They they usually mean they don't like. There's great articles too at like uh, like the Mises Institute who talk about like, well, we could have private police forces and all that stuff. They don't really mean that, uh, although it's it's an idea worth exploring. They they mean again uh, shifting to things like a mental health resource response. So when you call nine one one or three one one or whatever because someone's having a mental health crisis, instead of sending over a police officer who uh, doesn't, you know, who hasn't been trained in mental health response, because not all of them have, you know, you send over someone who's, you know, equipped to to respond to someone having a mental health crisis, you don't send over to police officers right away, uh, if the situation hasn't escalated at that point. Um, or you might send, you know, again, if you instead of calling the police on a uh, someone who's selling drugs, you might, you know, call someone else who comes in and they talk to people and they try to, you know, find better situations to, uh, instead of just immediately arresting them to, to kind of talk to them about like other opportunities, try to get them to stop selling drugs, try to get them in the community services. Same with like con police and homeless people, you know, people who are out like sleeping on a bench or whatever, instead of, uh, having a police officer deal with that situation, you have, uh, someone from a homeless service organization come up and deal with it instead. So I, I know what people are, are probably thinking. I've at least heard it before during discussions like this from people right here in the Rochester and Monroe County area. Um, they, they will say things like, no, we need the police to deal with drug dealers because drug dealers are dangerous. They, they kill people. They engage in illegal activity. Um, we, we need the police for these things. And if you were to send a counselor out there, they might not make it back. This is, these are things that people are thinking. What, what do you what do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I would say that like right now, that's it's already happening a little bit. Like a lot of times, counselors are out trying to do that too. And and to give like the Rochester Police Department credit, they're trying to do things like send officers. Like they they have like a mental health unit that like that they deal with that stuff. They when someone's uh, dealing drugs, like a lot of times, like they they want to try to, especially with uh, like the heroin crisis. They're trying to get people into treatment instead of immediately saying, like, we're just going to throw cuffs on you and you're, we're going to put you in jail. Instead, they're like, hey, why don't you go to this treatment place instead? So to give the Rochester Police Department at least a little bit of credit, there are people who are kind of working towards this stuff. The the kind of defund police stuff are like, OK, but like police shouldn't be the first person to respond to this stuff in any sense. Right. And it, and it gets tricky, you know, like how do you a lot of this requires a shift in culture too. like, again, we we. I think that they are correct in their assessment that police do get tasked with handling too much. And we've kind of moved away from communities solving some of their own problems. Like if you have some uh, neighbor who's being a jerk, instead of like going to talk to them, a lot of people's first response is I'm going to call code enforcement or I'm going to call the police. Right. Like yeah, those, they try those to leverage some other piece of law against them and government force to like try to resolve their issues. Yeah. So, and, and I get why that is sometimes a useful and a safer tool for, for that people want to use at the same time, you know, we have kind of, many people have lost their ability to, again, deescalate situations and confront their neighbors when there is an issue and kind of work through these things on their own terms, rather than bringing the government in to resolve these problems for them. And the thing about bringing the government in is usually their only solution is some form of uh, a violence or coercion. Again, sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes that's what you got to do. If there's someone being violent towards you, that's sometimes an appropriate response. But but we look towards that response too often. 
Um, so it, it sounds like what this could turn into, if done correctly, and we know government rarely does things correctly, so it's, it's kind of unlikely, um, but we would see a shift. You know, we used to have um, peace officers, and we still kind of do, but they're not as prevalent, um, and, and we really kind of made a shift to law enforcement. And it sounds like people are asking for, with the wrong words, um, they're asking for the police to become a peacekeeping force and to be more focused on calming situations rather than arresting people and um, being maybe medical professionals to help people through um, mental or addiction problems instead of using handcuffs and prison as rehab. Yeah. And like I said, it, I'm presenting it in a very nice way, right? I'm presenting it in a way that I, I'm trying to give the best argument as possible. So people listen, like this is what the actual solutions people are talking about. Um, you know, you go ahead and research it on your own. We'll post some links if you're listening to us online. Uh, but again, how this will probably end up turning out is somehow it's going to cost us way more money. We're going to end up with police just getting more training. Um, yep. and Just more requirements, more schooling, more yeah. cost. We'll probably, like, I've heard other people pitch, like, oh, well, maybe we should just require all police officers to have a four-year degree. And I'm like, ah, that's, no, yeah, that's not that really, like, fix anything. That's, sure. not gonna, that's not going to fix a dang thing. No. Well, the, the college it, is a lobby for it, for sure. Oh yeah, no, the colleges will love it. They're they're struggling right now. They're like, yes, please, please force more yep. people to get a four year degree. No, I I don't think you need a four year degree. I think you know, like I to me, it's I I want police to do the 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 really hard stuff. Police are really good at using violence. There are many police officers though that they they want to just go. They want to serve their community. They want to make their community a better place. They want to stop the bad people, and they don't want to have to deal with all this other nonsense. But you put police officers in a position where they can enforce this dumb, petty law and you know, get someone under control, or they lose their job, right? And again, if that means like hurting someone in the process, sometimes that's like the difficult situation. Like I, I think we put police officers in an impossible situation a lot of times, and the best solution to that is to make it so they're not required to intervene in so many situations that we have other experts to be able to go and do that. We have nonprofit organizations or, you know, I don't particularly want to shift it to like other city employees, but we have other ways of like, oh, well, we don't need to call the, the police for this. We need to call the police for the bank robber, the murderer, the thief, the someone who's assaulting someone and focus on doing that stuff really well. Don't worry about all the other stuff. So so you're saying the the answer would be have police focused on violent crimes only and the yeah. nonviolent stuff should be somebody else, maybe a nonprofit, um, maybe a community organization, maybe some department still involved with government, but with a different focus. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather see that that's like the, the better solution anyway. Right. Again, uh, I'd, I'd rather not see the government solution. I'd rather see communities, get the expectation that we need to solve our own problems internally as much as possible. Um, you know, again, what I worry will happen is either they'll just spend a bunch of money on it or they'll shift it to someone else. We'll say, okay, we'll just, we'll abolish, you know, I don't think this is, I don't know if this is actually happening in Rochester, but we're going to abolish the Rochester police department. But that just means that when you call the cops now, uh, the Monroe County Sheriff's department shows up and all the same people who are in RPD 
are just going to show up, but just with different vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think there's already private sector answers to some of this stuff. I mean, look at an organization like the Better Business Bureau or the Better Contractors Bureau. Yeah. They exist as an independent organization. They're, they're not a part of government. They're a private organization. And when people have disputes with a business or a payment or some sort of service, um, instead of calling the police, instead of having to um, maybe go through a lawsuit or you know collections, people can go to the Better Business Bureau for kind of like independent arbitration of their issues. Yeah. And you could do that with your neighborhood communities. You know, you could have neighborhood community organizations that fill that gap so that things like code enforcement, zoning, and, and some of these other just like goofy things that people use against each other could could be worked out by kind of like an independent third party. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's better ways of doing it. And even even with some of the stuff, like you could increase, like most, most security doesn't come from police. It comes from private security organizations, again, who are protecting businesses, who are looking at stuff and, and, and using more of that. Again, if, if you're a business that wants to be able to do that, like they, they should be able to, uh, to, to find a way to figure it out. And again, I'm, I'm fine with shifting resources away from the police. I want police to have a very narrow job and I want them to do it well. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. We're going to take a brief break. We'll be back in a moment. Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We've also got Kevin Wilson here with us. And before we wrap up that last discussion, I, I wanted to throw out um, just one more thing here that I think is worth saying. You know, I think many Americans want to bring our troops home. I think we, we have a lot of veterans who struggle to kind of reintegrate into society um, but when they are overseas, they have to operate on very specific rules of engagement. And I, I keep talking with people about this, and, and they keep bringing it up that the rules of engagement for them and how they can interact with people overseas are um, just very strict, very disciplined, and that they're a lot more strict than what police have to use with American citizens here. And I just think that if we're talking about this whole abolish the police movement which really means changing around police resources bringing in different specialties to work with different problems instead of having the police respond to every single call i i think this is a good opportunity for veterans to come you know come back home have a job that is still structured well um that they could be a part of this change where they they can come in and they they operated under those really strict rules of engagement so they have already just a different mindset about things um and maybe they could be a part of what the response is once again the police theoretically are only responding to violent crimes and somebody else is showing up for other stuff i think uh, it could be maybe a good fit for our veterans yeah no it'd be a great thing just uh 
uh, have them you know, who, who have experience in being in tense situations who ha- understand strict rules of engagement uh, yeah get them in I love yeah it. Absolutely. So I know we want to change gears here just a little bit because there's something else going on um, over in it was it Erie and Niagara County. Well, I guess technically well, it covers Monroe County. Yeah, Livingston as well. too. Yeah, That's and Livingston it. County. Yeah. So the uh, the New York twenty seventh con- congressional district race uh, is going to have a debate, and they are excluding one of the candidates. Kevin, why don't you? Well, Technically two, but two. Uh, don't, oh, don't because the primary hasn't you. happened yet, right? Well, and, and the, well, so they're they're having the debate for the June twenty third special election for New York twenty seven. Um, so they got Chris Jacobs, who's a Republican, uh, Nate McMurray, who's the uh, Democrat. You got Dwayne Whitmer, who's been a guest on the show, who is the Libertarian running, and then there's a, the Green Party candidate, who I think might be in jail, but I don't know if they end up catching the guy. <laughs> He was, oh, uh, he was one of the people on top of the police cars in Rochester. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Which uh, the Green Party kind of threw him under the bus a little bit and then retracted it. And so they're they're fun. Our, our, our good old friend Chris has uh, got, got a lot of uh, fun stuff to deal with. Um, but but anyhow, you know, Dwayne Whitmer, who has been campaigning for uh, the New York 27th Congressional District seat for a while, and again, he's been on the show. You can see some of the past episodes with him if you, you check out our podcast or look on our Facebook pages. Uh, he was left out of this debate. Uh, you know, they – they th- this is what happens a lot of times with third parties, even though this – Dwayne's a guy who's been getting earned media. He's been a guy who's out on the campaign trail. He's been a guy who's raising money and all that stuff. They uh, they still left him out. That's um, yeah. you know a, a shame. Yeah, I think he would he would have been a great addition to this debate. Uh, the debate is on uh, WIVB or something out in Buffalo, so it's not one of the local stations, but it's it's way out there. Uh, and the um, yeah, th- this is what happens with with libertarian candidates. Is it especially when you get someone good? You know, they they exclude Gary Johnson from the national debates, even though I think he would have had a, a been a great addition to those discussions. They you know. They excluded uh, Larry from – well, actually, Larry wasn't excluded so much as Andrew Cuomo just decided to, to not show up to a lot of stuff. But they yeah. did have one debate between Larry and Rob Astorino or, and uh, – uh, between, between uh, Cuomo and Molinaro. Or Cuomo and – did I say Rob Astorino? My goodness. <laughs> you what did, yeah. What, what year am I in? Uh, uh, no. no my, Mark. Uh, Mark, my goodness. Where <laughs> – Andrew, yeah, I'm stuck in the COVID time portal here. <laughs> what, yeah, <laughs> Go what grab you and pull, pull you out. Oh, so. goodness. All right. So anyway, yeah, they had one between um, Andrew Cuomo and uh, Mark, Mark Molinaro uh, that they excluded Larry from. Again, despite the fact that he's raising money, he's included in polls, all that stuff. And, and what they end up doing is they end up just setting some arbitrary number like, oh, well, we would include you, but you need to have gotten 10% of the polls. And when you get 10% of the polls, well, you have to have gotten at least 15% of the polls and only in these other polls where they didn't even put your name in. So, sorry, you can't do that. Or, yeah, oh, just well, keep we'd... moving the goalposts. Yeah, or you need to have raised this much money. You need to have raised $10,000 to get in. Okay, I raised $15,000. You need to have raised $25,000 to get in. No. Just move the goalpost over and over and over again. That's what they do. Um, and yeah, no, it's frustrating. So if that's something you care about, uh, you know, or Dwayne Whitmer, who's again being being on a show, uh, you know, check out uh, his Facebook page and uh, see what he's up to. I, he's mostly talking about uh, 
some of the lawsuits that he's bringing against Andrew Cuomo right now. But, you know, if you think that third party candidates should be in debates, check it out, get involved, call the call the people running the debates and yeah, see if you can yeah, see and if you I, turn I the heat up a little bit. I think this issue is is even more than third parties it impacts third parties but i think well, realistically the the way the debate should be is if your name is going to be on the ballot you should be included in the debate it's that simple you know there shouldn't be any extra little frills here or there and new york state keeps making ballot access harder and harder and harder year by year so if you're on the ballot you should be in the debate I, that's yeah. just my opinion easy enough and you know they like the hard part is is like it's not like it's run by a nonprofit organization or anything which would have to you know not be discriminatory it's run by a private organization like a news station and so they can technically do whatever they want but again they're doing a disservice to voters who may be looking for another option they may be like i don't really want either of these people so like what what are my other options and they they may not know and even on the, the presidential level, it's a, a private organization that determines who's in the debate. The Commission on Presidential Debates is run by Republicans and Democrats, so they can shift the, the criteria as much as they want. And they have a lot of incentive to not include third party candidates. Uh, but, you know, if they could have like an objective criteria, like, you know, if you are on enough states to be able to win, you should be included in these debates, right? So I get like not not having some like random third party guy who's on in like one or two one states. states. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I get so that. if there's, so if you're on the ballots for enough states that, or or if the electoral votes essentially add up in the states that you're on the ballot for that you could take the presidency, then you should be in the debate. Yeah, exactly. It so, seems like but, such a simple thing. But, you know, they, they don't want that, of course. They, yeah. they don't want the competition. They don't want somebody to stand up and say, here's a really good policy, and them have to defend their really bad policies. Right, exactly. And what's always hilarious is like they'll, they'll say things like, oh, well, we don't want the stage to be crowded. We can't just let everyone in. I'm like, man, you guys ran, like, Democratic debates, like, 15 people on stage. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Republicans, last time around, would they have, like, 17 or 18 people up there? I mean, it was yeah. crazy. Totally ridiculous. I think, like, some people got to speak for, like, all 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So be, before before we close up the show, you know, Samantha wants to know if if uh, Kevin's not on camera because he didn't do his hair and makeup, and, and Sean's suggesting that you didn't wash your flannel, Kevin. Uh, so I figured, <laughs> you know, that's that that's a fair question. It's a fair accusation. I I'm wearing a very light flannel right now, and I did not, in fact, do my hair. I wear a hat. That's why I wear a hat most days because I don't feel like combing my hair because I'm like I I'm just gonna cover it up. And my makeup is always perfect. Thank you very much, guys. It's it's perfect, you and, and you're missing out on it now. Just I'm just saying, you know, if yeah, if you yeah, saw me, yeah. I'd be very handsome. You you guys gotta blame the uh, the people at Microsoft and Skype here. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> we just couldn't get the video and the audio to work simultaneously for Kevin. So you don't get to see his makeup today, but maybe <laughs> next time. So guys, thank you so much for joining us here on Radio Free New York. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow.